Do you lie awake and ponder ponds of microscopic life? Expose yourself to exoplanets high up in the night? Are you crazed for kinematics? Do you fantasize of fauna? Everybody's got a question, luckily we're gonna Unpack the stack of facts that you think back to every day Attack your ignorance, you'll be unmatched in every way Sit down and lend an ear, all the answers will be clear I'm running out of rhymes, I'll let the host take it from here Okay, cookies are in the oven, yes. Oh, it's not, we're not going to pick up on this at all. It's not going. It's not going? What did I not? No, oh. it's going. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea you if they can hear the timer or not, but. On, give it, let's give it a couple seconds, and I'm because you can, you can see it. Okay, we're good. So as you may have guessed, we're talking about baking today. And <laughs> you think they would they could have guessed just from that? Oh well I said the cookies were in the oven. That was oh. the first thing they said. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't I didn't know if we were going to be keeping that or I'm okay. So, this is already gonna be a mess to edit. I figured this would just be the first thing. You no, know? we can look, we're we're in, we can keep all this. We're 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 here, Ellie. We're I'm we're glad doing that you it. admitted that you're keeping this because you keep saying you're gonna edit stuff out and then you don't. No, I actually think there was one time I said that and I kept it in and they were like two or now, now this is being edited, I say, as I'm knowingly keeping it in the podcast. Um, so we're talking about baking today. Hopefully they could have gotten that from the title and not just the, the vague egg timer that we've got ticking away currently. Well, I feel like the, the gimmick is that we did actually make cookies that are actually in the oven. <laughs> this is a mess already, Ellie. What are we doing today? Well, we're baking chocolate chip cookies, and we're talking about cookies. That is fascinating. I'm glad we actually somehow got this train on the tracks now. We did! Um, Why are we talking about baking? Because baking is science, Nick. How, how so? I'm very... I think it's an interesting perspective that... I, uh, I used to I used to work in a restaurant before this whole Rona thing sort of took that away as a, a potential livelihood people can make a living by. And... Um, this was a, I don't, I'll, I'll get into it later. This was an argument I got into with my boss once about, where I was just like, he didn't like the way certain salads or pizzas and stuff I was prepping were. And I was basically saying, look, man, I'm just, I'm just taking these things. I'm mixing it together. And I, you need to trust me that I understand what flavors are going to go well and mix well together. And I'm, I'm sorry if maybe the proportions aren't exactly to your liking. I'm telling you, I know the proportions to actually make this taste like an edible salad and not like, you know, just some dry leaves. Yeah, it makes sense. I think for me, I think cooking, you have a little bit more leeway. Mm -hmm. With baking, it's it's a chemical reaction that happens in the oven. Very true. So the proportion in the ingredients, you can tweak if you know how the reactions work. Mm -hmm. But until that point, you've really got to follow the recipe or it will fail. Definitely. Versus I think cooking, you can stumble upon some cool stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and Co cooking definitely allows for more experimentation because there's there's less of the chemical reactions and stuff going on. Yeah, versus experimenting and baking is is knowing the rules and mm -hmm. knowing how to break them. Like in the case of Ruth Wakefield, who invented the chocolate chip cookie. How'd she do that? Um, she chopped up chocolate, and the myth is that she was thinking it would melt and mix into the oven mm -hmm. to just make a chocolate cookie. Um, but instead, the chocolate chunks retain their shape, and that's the chocolate chip cookie. You said myth. I thought, is this not... Do we not widely accept this as fact, or do you... So it's widely accepted as fact, but it's not true. Oh, no! What? <laughs> what? 
like I actually thought that this was true because yeah, I had like so read I. it in like fun fact books uh-huh. growing up. So the reality is that she was a prolific baker that was constantly experimenting and inventing new types of cookies all the time. Uh-huh. And she absolutely knew what was going to happen. Oh, why would and they And she's like on record saying Oh, no, no. I was intending to create a cookie with chocolate chunks in it. That was the point. I didn't think it was going to mix in the oven. And Why is that? Well, that, that's, especially considering, I guess, what we're talking about, that's really fascinating to me because she, she was clearly, like, a woman who, who knew her shit, knew exactly how each, like, property was going to mix in while, while cooking, and we still need to chalk it up to like a weird lucky accident? Yeah. That's wild to me. I know. I So I looked more into this myth and I was like, oh my gosh, she was so competent. She invented like 20 different kinds of cookies. Is this, and... did she ever work for like Betty Crocker or any of the, because like, I know there's a lot of like baking companies that will employ food scientists. Was she, did she work for them or was so... this just some random on her own woman she, at the time, Nestle Toll House was like an inn. Okay, okay. And so she sold um, her recipe to Nestle, to Nestle, the cookie company. Oh. And they bought her recipe basically off of her. And so then they were probably the ones who propagated that myth because it makes them say, oh, this random woman had an accident. We discovered it. <laughs> and it's like, no, no, she was deliberately no. experimenting That's and creating so crazy. these cookies. I, I wasn't expecting to unpack... I, I knew the story. We had talked about the, the story before. When did you discover it wasn't real? I had to go like several articles deep into Googling because a lot of them wow. talk about the myth of the uh-huh. chocolate chip cookie. And then I started looking at her statements about creating cookies. And That's... what she was talking about was how cooking is a chemical reaction and you can manipulate it by changing the ingredients. And I was like, this is even better. Like the truth <laughs> is so much better it... than the fiction. Like the fact that she knew that baking was right. a chemical reaction and that if you know the rules, you can break them. And that's what she was doing. It's, why do we need, because there are like American mythos, so like a uh, food, like like uh, potato chips and stuff was literally because a very picky customer like wanted his potatoes like cut in a very particular way. And it was like, that's an act, like we have those real life accidents. As far as I know, somebody can go five pages into Google and prove to me that that's not real either. But like we have these American mythos, why? Why take something which is like an objectively very interesting story? I like how you keep looking at the egg timer, Ellie. I'm checking how much time we have. <laughs> I like how, how we are taking an objectively really cool, interesting story about a woman who was like very aware of the things she was creating and we need to like completely change it to be this like happy homemaker's accident. Yeah, because the story is like, oh, she was cooking for these businessmen, and it was like an accident. There's so many layers of, like, sexism and stuff to this story, which I, like, was not expecting to unpack. Oh, me either. As soon as I found that, I was like, oh, no, they turned a competent woman into... Like That's a wild. yeah, like a lucky. Why did we a make lucky a homemaker about Mop Lady, and when we could have made a really interesting movie about this woman? I think we could make a really interesting movie about Ruth Wakefield. She got screwed. And, yeah. That's okay. We we should probably delve into the actual science before our egg timer goes off. But but yeah, that's an Ruth interesting Wakefield. story. Yeah, good, good she for is, Ruth. She's awesome. She's really interesting. Like delving into her history was really cool. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna do my own research on her now yes, just because I want to know yeah. what else she created. That's endlessly fascinating. And I just I want to like dispel the myth and like give her like no, true yeah, credit, credit for being an incredible baker. Go you know? Ruth. You yeah. You were the one person who knew. <laughs> no, I can mix these chocolate chunks and they won't melt. Yeah, like, they'll Ruth. do the thing. She figured it out. Like that's 
Um, and so it really, I think, is a great story about mm-hmm. how baking is edible chemistry. Right. I mean, it's, it's the perfect one. Like you said, she knew she just had to like mix all the different ingredients, like the flour, the sugar, the chocolate chunks, and yeah. it credit to her for like fully being a master of her craft and knowing how they're going to mix. Like that's yeah. So I think we should start with cookies mm-hmm. and look at the the cookie reaction. And that a lot of that is usually down to either baking soda or baking powder, Mm -hmm. depending on what type of cookie you're doing. Um, So baking soda and baking powder, what we're looking at is the reaction of the rise in the oven. So when you bake something and it gets really hot, it expands. Mm -hmm. And there's several different ways you can do that. I just think that's cool. Can I I tell my story? I know we... Yes. (laughs) So going back to my my time at the restaurant, um, any any former employees who or coworkers who used to work with me will remember this as a a top five blow up that I had in the restaurant. I I normally keep calm. Uh, I once had a boss who was very particular about the way his he wanted the pizzas to be and I would always I would always spread the dough and I would like have them resting on the edges and he was always very adamant and clear that they needed to be hanging over the edge of the tin and I said well Stu if I put them on the edge of the tin as it's cooking in our pizza oven it'll expand because heat makes things rise and I swear to god my boss who has been working in a restaurant for literally his entire adult life told me no, that's not how it works. And I had a I had a <laughs> breakdown where I was like, what do you mean heat doesn't make things? What do you think is going on in that pizza oven? And it was not a good scene. It was not a good day. It will forever be something lodged into my memory because I remember screaming at like a 50-year-old man, how do you not know heat makes things expand and rise? <laughs> it was a rough day. That sounds exhausting. It was not good. I I think my, my the 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 chef, the head chef basically pulled me aside and was like, "Why don't you go outside and cool down for a couple minutes?" And I was like, "I need that. Thank you. Thank you for understanding once in your life." Like pizza does a very particular thing. It rises, Stuart. I don't look at that crust and you'll notice how it's smaller and then it gets puffy and bigger when it's in that pizza oven. You, it didn't feel like complicated science because it was something I had observed when I was like 10. Yeah, it's something that when I'm working with kids and they want to know how to do experiments at home, I tell them to go bake because mm-hmm. it's at-home science. It's it's the easiest it's literally science and or baking in some ways is the first science I think a lot of people learn on a subconscious level without realizing it. Absolutely. It's one of the first ways that we see the scientific mm-hmm. method, I think, in our lives. Well, it's even down to like I gotta get the cookies. Okay. Good. Let's time to expand on this. But like, I think cooking is such a and baking is such a fascinating thing because as much as there is a recipe, there's like a set guideline. Like, this is the the thing you follow. You mix this ingredients. You mix these ingredients, and then you put them together. And with the right amount of heat pressure, it creates a completely different concoction. Sorry, I couldn't find the uh, the oven mitt. Are you just? Oh god. Okay, I thought you were just grabbing whole hog or something. Okay. I wasn't just gonna. No, I'm not sticking my hand into an oven. I'm gonna say we know we know heat hot, Ellie. I I do know that. Um, that's a 375 degrees Fahrenheit oven okay. in there. Um, but it's, yeah. I think it's the first time as a child, or you really see chemicals mixing together in a way to create something different. Absolutely. I mean, we, I grew up baking and that mm-hmm. was, you know, a constant thing in our house. Um, Do you think that was maybe 
one of the reasons you sort of got drawn into science just because you were able to make the connection or am I just uh, drawing because of the thematic Well, themes? my mom was a biology teacher so there's a lot of other <laughs> experimenting happening in my house like much more explicit uh-huh. I was right. doing baking soda and vinegar volcanoes in my backyard from like mm-hmm. the age of three um and you know there's all kinds of experiments you can do outside mm-hmm. so we were always playing with different stuff like at home experiments in a much more explicit way was a part yeah, of my childhood it. as well. <laughs> but also at home experiments, including baking. Exactly. Exactly. So I wanted to get into like some of the science behind baking because mm. I think it's really cool. Um, so there's several different ways that we can get something to expand in the oven mm-hmm. um, when it gets hot. And the first one is frequently used in cookies, and that is baking soda and more recently baking powder. Mm-hmm. So they're... Uh, almost the same thing. I thought they were two completely different ingredients. Okay. Baking powder is just baking soda and cream of tartar put together. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. and sometimes there's some cornstarch. Sure. I mean, so, w- w- what's life without a little cornstarch? Absolutely. So baking soda is a base, mm-hmm. and you have to pair baking soda with an acidic ingredient. So that can be brown sugar, buttermilk, yogurt, cream of tartar, molasses, cocoa powder. You've mm-hmm. got a lot of options. <laughs> and that's what kind of helps things boil over when they're being cookie, cooked, right? Right. So when um, an acid-base reaction is often catalyzed by heat. So mm-hmm. when you put it in the oven, the For... acid in the baking soda and the base and the other ingredient react together and create CO2. For any non-heavy-into-science like people, what is... What is uh, uh, catalyze. Yeah. I probably should have explained that word. Yeah. Catalyze is um, specifically making a reaction happen faster. Mm-hmm. So in any chemical reaction, there's a certain amount of energy that's required mm-hmm. to make the reaction happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this example, heat is what is catalyzes things because it's it's in the, the temperature is like so high. It's yeah. mixing the chemicals together. Catalyze would be the wrong word. It's oh, helping... Really? It's helping. It's helping reach that energy capacity. Okay. All right. Um, so you have all this energy from heat on mm-hmm. top of whatever's in the reaction, and that allows the acid-base reaction to happen. Okay. And we end up with CO two, which is gas, so it expands the cookie. So you're saying that the only reason cookies get bigger is because they fart? Yes. Cool. That's exactly what I'm saying. There we go, everyone. That's a lesson to be learned, and I want that to be the main takeaway from the episode. Yeah, well, the fact that you've made that analogy so early, we're definitely going to be bringing that back. (laughs) Um, So the difference between baking powder is that baking powder already has an acid and a base, so Mm -hmm. it reacts twice. So the first one is as soon as the baking powder, when you add the wet ingredients, Mm -hmm. um, it'll start reacting. And then once it's in the oven, it reacts more quickly. Okay, that makes sense. That's interesting. So it's, there's like there's two separate reactions going on, mm-hmm. both in the mixing and then the actual the heat is yeah. kind of finalizing. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So that's baking soda mm-hmm. and baking powder. powder yeah. yeah, and then getting back to your pizza debate, <laughs> the reason that you're right <laughs> is because of yeast. Yes, thank you. Um, you're you are correct. I know. Pizza expands in the oven. Again, I don't I don't want to call it my former boss, but that was something I knew before I was even working in the kitchen. It was the the reason I got so angry was cuz it felt like I was having a discussion with like a 6-year-old. Right. Like you need to know this, man. You work in a restaurant. <laughs> I feel like this is just good information for everybody to know though. Yeah, I mean, I mean definitely. I think it's I think we don't kind of look at baking as like a you unique skill enough because it is something that requires a lot of like dedication and time and under like 
I'm not great at math, but baking is this weird thing where if you if you show me a recipe, I can be like, oh, okay, yeah, I got that. Fine, just give me these two sticks of butter, give me these eggs to mix in. Cool. Like it's it's ratios to a very simple, easy degree. Yeah. Almost to the point where I wish that when we were teaching math in school, you would put it in terms like baking because I think kids would find that a lot easier and simpler to understand sometimes. Yeah, I had teachers that would talk about. Like different ingredients, mm-hmm. like you were mixing them together. Smart. Start you, talking you need about, stuff I, like it's that. It's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, 10 out of 10, I would recommend <laughs> using baking to teach basic math. And they mm-hmm. actually encourage that for parents at home. Smart. If good. they have students that are, if they have kids that are struggling with math, mm-hmm. to get them to start baking and cooking because they learn about all of these different ratios in a way that they can see yeah. in front of them. It's, it's a physical, you can actually see the different ratios being moved around and played out. And then if you want to add to the chemistry lesson, you also get to see the chemical reactions like in front of you as the heat is making these cookies expand and cook. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I also made bagels yesterday, <laughs> and it got me thinking about the yeast reaction as well, in addition to the, the, the great pizza debate. Mm-hmm. So the yeast also creates CO2, but in mm-hmm. a different way. Oh, so, so yeast does a chemical reaction called fermentation, mm-hmm. which is where it digests sugars into carbon dioxide and an alcohol which produces a gas. That's why the dough grows Mm -hmm. um, during the rise period. And then during baking, heat initially speeds up the fermentation reaction, and then the heat kills the yeast. Mm. And then the pockets of CO2 gas from that reaction are left behind, and that's why you have those big holes in Got it. Okay. Just because like it's the the individual pockets that like some kind of poofed and then others stayed, and that's the bagel. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's neat. Yeah, so it's like it's like the yeast are like screaming their last breaths in the <laughs> oven, <laughs> and that's why you end up with the pockets of air and bread. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that to be our our metaphor, but I guess here we are. <laughs> I mean, they are dying objectively. The yeast I guess are dying. I guess that is true. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this isn't only because we're talking about fermentation and stuff. Have you? How much do you know about brewing? Do you know anything or? Um, I know a little a bit little. about brewing. It's kind of the same idea, but mm. there's not heat in the process. So the fermentation yes. takes a lot longer. Okay. That, that was literally, that was kind of all I wanted to talk about was the, the lack of heat making the process longer. But yeah, exactly. you covered it. Yay. I did. <laughs> Didn't even need a prompt you. You were just like, here's the difference. Yeah, that's the difference. As far as I know, that's mm-hmm. the difference. I know it's essentially the ingredients for bread or the yeah. ingredients for beer. And then they just keep it in like the big vats and they kind of mix everything together and let it sit for weeks sometimes i went to there's a place in upstate new york my my family likes a lot called saranac and so i've been there on their tour a couple times and i was literally trying to like have flashbacks to their tour right now (laughs) yeah and it's like weeks to months sometimes as they just kind of let it stew and all the flavors mix together right and then those like the the fancy like big bats that you Mm -hmm. see in breweries i think they have some specialization tools in there to help with the fermentation process like i know my grandpa used to be brew beer from hops when really? I was a kid. Oh, I and I mean, he made it in like a bucket. So it's, yeah. um, I mean, there was yeah, nothing fancy going on with the fermentation process. I, I think process, the, the big ones allow them to mix in like more of the like artificial flavors and some of the chemicals yeah. and stuff that you find in like bigger microbreweries and stuff like that. But it's still, it it's basically the same process we're talking about here just with without the step of baking being the catalyst. Right. It's just, it's time and then the different mm-hmm. amounts of fermentation time create the different flavors. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know a lot about making beer. Uh, there is a microbrewery in my town, and that's like that's everything I know is from like passing conversations. Fair. They happen to be our the owners of the brewery are across the street neighbors. Oh, really? Yeah, well, that is interesting. And they're not giving you free beer and free brewery they're lessons. They're definitely not giving us free beer, Bad but we business. support their business a lot because they're really nice people. Good. 
Dimes makes good beer, so oh, it's fine. There you go. And so, they make grilled cheese now. Shout out Dimes, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, so our last like type of rise in the oven that we're going to talk about is pastries, mm-hmm. which are kind of their own monstrosity. It is by far the most like precise you have to be. How um, can we give a, a is there a definition for like the difference between a, a just a regular baked good and a pastry? Or is that I'm I'm just, I'm just curious. I didn't know if there is uh, like a, an actual difference. I would kind of put baked goods into categories based on the right rising agent. So okay, if you're using baking powder as a rising agent versus yeast or versus in this one you're actually using layers of dough and butter mm-hmm. to create the rise, and that's okay. its own thing. Mm-hmm. So the layering process for pastry is the part that's really difficult. Okay. Um, and it's because you need to have these layers. Stacked of, on top of each other. Yeah, you need to have you know over 100 layers. And what happens is that the fat and the butter traps the water from the dough as it evaporates. And so it traps the steam, and that's what creates oh, the lift. Oh, interesting. And it was really hard to find. So literally just like the, the steam is kind of rising up in the pastry, exactly. giving it, it, if everyone, anyone can picture a souffle, just as kind of like the easiest one. It's literally the steam from the leftover water and the ingredients you were using is what gives it that lift and hopefully doesn't. That's way. exactly right. So it's really easy to have if... The folding is wrong. Mm-hmm. You don't have those layers of fat and dough, and they're not going to like the steam won't get trapped. It won't poof the way. And you so want. it'll just it'll Do just the collapse. Poof. We need the poof. Thank you. <laughs> uh, or if the temperature is wrong, mm-hmm. you can melt the butter before the steam oh, happens, and that's how you get like the leaking. Yeah. Okay. Butter in the pastry. Um, so there's all kinds of ways you can screw up pastry. Mm-hmm. Would you say pastries are the hardest then, just because there are more variables to it? I think they're the most finicky like you have to you you would have to follow a pastry recipe Mm -hmm. a lot more precisely with i think with cookies or brownies or even like bagels and other kind of baked goods like that it's easier to kind of have your own takes on the recipe is what you're saying there's a bit of there's at least a bit of leeway in terms of how you want to play with the ratios so so for i guess a good example the cookies that we had pop out of the oven and are cooling down now it calls for uh, it was like half a stick of butter or something and you were like I think butter is fine, but I also usually mix in peanut butter in st- like kind of to mess with that ratio. Yeah. And I think with a pastry, a decision like that is probably a little harder because it's going to mess with like everything. It, it just becomes like that domino of everything else changes in this ratio. Yeah. I will say I, I'm not an expert pastry maker mm-hmm. either. Like I know enough about like cookies and breads right. to know how to mess with things a little bit. I would not know the first thing about changing a pastry recipe. I would not touch it. Um, and you just know how to follow the directions. And even then, I'm a little scared. Mm-hmm. Like, every time I've made pastry, I've just been so nervous the whole time. Because <laughs> it takes, like, six hours mm-hmm. um, just, like just to do the layering. Because yeah. you make a layer, and then you put it in the fridge, and then mm-hmm. you pull it out, and you do another one. It just takes a really long time. Right. Um, and it's just really stressful. Because you're like, if I don't... <laughs> one thing goes wrong. If I don't put this in the fridge for long enough, it mm-hmm. won't layer right. If I... Um, you know, if I cut this wrong, what if I spread it out too much? It doesn't work. Like, mm. So yeah. just because because of like the, the different variables and all the different steps you have to take, it just becomes the more intensive way, the yeah. intensive reaction almost. Yeah. And the people who are, are experts at it, I'm sure they can mess with all yeah, of that definitely. and they know mm-hmm. uh, exactly what they need to do. But And a lot of that just comes with like experience in the field. Absolutely. Lots of practice. Mm. That was oh. a that was a fun one. Is I know. there is there anything else we wanna like Lessons we want to end on. I mean, a recipe honestly, you like the, shout out. the biggest thing that I like is that it's an idea of thinking about the fact that science is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, That's, I mean, 
honestly don't know if there is a, a better example because, you know, most people see some sort of baked good once a day. I'd be very shocked if you don't come across something that wasn't prepared by basically a scientific formula. And it's just because it's so common every place, we we don't think about it that way enough. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I guess... We can sign off and eat our cookies now. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, that was an everyday dissection. Uh, I'm Ellie Weiss. I'm Nick Lemmer. An Everyday Dissection is hosted by Nick Lemmer on Twitter at Lemmer underscore Nick and Ellie Weiss on Twitter at All Allele Ellie. You can find the podcast on Twitter at eDissect and on our website, anchor.fm backslash an everyday dissection. Our theme music was written by Evan Zobel and our art was created by Madeline Hendrickson, who you can find on Instagram at art that is no bueno. Like our podcast? Please leave a review and don't forget to like and subscribe. Today's totally real science fun fact scientists and bakers both suffer from a lack of dough.